In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my deepest held beliefs, non-religious beliefs, is that pretty much everything in this life is figure-outable. Almost everything we can figure out if we have the time and talents and or tools. Like when I first started hiking, I didn't know how trails and blazes worked, but through experience, I learned. The first things I planted in my garden were not planted in the right sunlight zone, and I watered them incorrectly, but I figured it out. And in seminary, at first, I didn't know how to read the overly flowery, academic, theological tomes that spend many long and beautiful words talking about how God is good. But for me, even though I believe everything is figure-outable, I need to know what the boundaries are. What is the structure and the routine of this task? How many times should I try to wander off the trail to make sure I'm on the right trail? Zero. How much sunlight should strawberries get? A whole lot. Do we really need long sentences about God? Sometimes. I'm confident that I can do pretty much anything, but I need to know how it works before I try it. In our gospel lesson today, Peter seems to approach Jesus' teachings with this same perspective. After Jesus teaches about radical forgiveness, Peter needed to know just how often we are required to forgive someone. And he throws out a wild number of times to forgive someone, as many as seven. But Jesus, who I believe delighted in disorienting the disciples with the radical nature of the gospel, responds not seven times, but 77. And at this point, I imagine Peter going from a confident affirmation that if Christ really asked him to, he could forgive as many as seven times, if he needed to, then to an astounded disbelief as Christ multiplies that number by 11. I imagine his face moving from confidence to disbelief to subtle acceptance as Jesus lays out the parable of the forgiven and unforgiven debts and the hypocrisy therein. This parable plants Peter and us in an awareness of God's work in our own lives and how that ought to shape how we treat our fellow humans. This is not a parable that makes us feel warm and cared for. It's a parable that challenges how we see ourselves and how we interact with others. But it's also a parable that is not meant to be applied blindly or universally. This parable is not about forcing us into relationship with those who have harmed us again and again, because forgiveness and reconciliation are different things. But it's hard for us to hear that we ought to forgive. And I think that's because forgiveness is talked about in a simple way, but is actually very complex and gnarly. To forgive someone is rarely, if ever, to check a box and move on. It's an ongoing, complicated process. 
And if we take forgiveness not just as a passing act, but as a full, long process, Jesus' insistence that, are we, that we are to forgive not only seven times, but 77, makes it feel plain and possible. But I hope that we are not here this morning to hear about the easy path of Christianity, or that all you have to do is to simply follow the Bible, because life and faith are more complicated than that. And when it comes to how our society and the world work, the church really doesn't make a lot of sense. The economy of God, with its abundance that overflows, even in its requirement of forgiveness, just simply doesn't make sense when held in comparison to how the rest of our world works. When it comes to Christianity, the easy path is not easy in the eyes of the world. It is easier to hold a grudge and resent and be angry. Based on nothing other than this radical request that we hear today to lean into a life of love and forgiveness to which God calls us, it can sound, this forgiveness, like a heavy burden. But I really believe that this sort of love and forgiveness that is overwhelming and unfathomable sometimes is a path to freedom and ease that is unavailable without it. And that's not to say that this sort of radical, overwhelming expectation to forgive can be heard or should be heard lightly. We, like Peter, can hear this parable with our mouth agape with what our faith requires us. But when I think about the weight, the heavy weight of forgiveness, I'd be remiss if I did not name that it's not only that we are to forgive others 77, 77 times, but ourselves as well. Sometimes that's harder. We are only human and we miss the mark when it comes to all of our relationships and life and the work that we do together. And very often, if there is something to forgive another for, there is something to forgive ourselves for as well. Forgiveness is not just an action. It's a way of moving and being in the world with compassion and care. And very often, forgiveness finds us when there is literally nowhere else to go. Too often, we find ourselves locked in painful despair, and the only way out is forgiveness. And if that despair feels inescapable or forgiveness feels too far out of reach, then we pray to God to forgive our inability to forgive. We pray that we can see the light out of the pain and the hurt that we have inflicted on others or that others have inflicted upon us. When we lean into a life of love and forgiveness to which God calls us, we will be transformed by it. 
Because just as the salvation that is found at the baptismal font works on us slowly throughout our lives, so too is the way of forgiveness. Forgiving ourselves or others again and again and again, often not for separate hurts, though that might be easier, but usually for the same one. The same hurts continue to grab us and pull us, which is why we need a life transformed by forgiveness. And like all transformations, forgiveness is a slow process. But I pray that we are so deeply and fully wrapped in our baptismal life that we have no other choice. That there is no other path ahead than to forgive. And that we have no other choice than to be transformed by forgiveness. Amen.